Ash won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about only murders in the building. Yeah. yeah, something from uh, this century. I know, Who it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. We had to. The best way to cap off our Steve Martin short month was to do the latest collaboration that they've they've been working on. Yeah, we kind of took a little different take this month. Yeah. Because yeah. we wanted to talk about two of our absolute favorites, two of my absolute favorites, yeah. and I demanded it because it was my birthday month. I demanded it at, the, at our board meeting. Yes. I stood <laughs> yes. up and I said, fellow board members. Anyway. Uh, and then there was crickets. <laughs> yes, and then there were crickets. <laughs> the cat just walked out of the room. <laughs> she didn't care. Um, but yeah, it, we took a little different turn because since these are two of our favorites, and, mm-hmm. and Steve Martin is, is my favorite uh, yeah. comedian yeah. ever. And um, one of my favorite actors ever, one of my favorite writers ever. Yeah. Just a guy that helped shape who I am for better or worse. Um, and Martin Short... Uh, such an inspiration to me as a sketch artist yeah. and as an improviser and his character work made me work harder on my character work. You know, it's just, he's a master and we wanted to kind of track these guys a, since they're still alive and working hard and doing great yeah. work even now, yeah. but we wanted to kind of go through their lives, through their careers. And it made sense yeah. to get to where we are now because They've gone through a lot to get here. Yeah, they have. <laughs> and we're they about to get into that. Yeah. Well, take yourself back to 2021. Ooh, I can barely remember. All the way back. Uh, February 12th to the 13th, four strangers were stabbed within a 14-hour window along the A train in New York City. Two of the victims eventually died from their injuries. Police apprehended a suspect in Upper Manhattan on February 13th. Despite this, the murder rate in New York covers around 460 murders per year, down from the yearly high in 1990 at 2,000. 245. Yeah, look, that was horrible. And did they ever find out what the motivation was from that guy? I know. I think he was just crazy. Like, yeah. he was, yeah. But, yeah, uh, for all those um, doomsayers out there saying, oh, the world's falling apart know, and it's the I worst know. it's ever been, it, ha- it isn't. It's, it's not. It's actually quite, quite good. <laughs> we've, we've come a long way. Crime rates, yeah, they're still going, but they're a lot. I mean, yeah, there's still murders happening, but a lot of the crime rate statistics... They have to do with shoplifting and minor crimes, Uh, which are bad, bad for business, but still, you know, chicken littles, sky ain't Yeah, yeah. You're okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, April 10th, Wesley Brownlee shoots and kills his first victim in Stockton, California. He would eventually kill six more before being caught by Stockton police in October 2022. Now, do we know what Wesley Brownies? (laughs) Brownlee. (laughs) Is it because of his name? Uh, he, no, he was a trucker, and he was just mad at everybody. Yeah, because his name was Brownlee. I, I'm possibly. Yeah, but they used to call him. He killed a lot of people. Yeah, well, they used to call him Brown Levi's because <laughs> well, they thought he pooped his pants. Oh, hey, I think he's here to murder you oh, now. No. Uh, no, nice truck. He is caught, and they have been uh, actually just recently they uh, pinned two more murders on him. Gross. Yeah, he was a very angry man. Well, or still is. Technically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's not. You know. He hasn't even been tried yet. I yeah. Well, let's hope he goes to jail for a very, very, very long time. It's weird because serial killers still exist mm-hmm. in our world now. Yeah. We just don't really talk about them at all. Well, we've stopped making them celebrities. We've stopped the yeah. you know, that ghoulish 
uh, practice of raising these guys up to right. almost hero status. Right, right. And, and I think it's great. I think that, you know, a lot of times news organizations won't even say the name of the killer. They'll talk yeah. about the victims and they'll talk about the crimes, but they don't want to give any more air to these sure. Which is horrible human right, beings. The way it should be. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, oh, I just yeah. wish they would do that with the mass murders that happen almost every they day. They do that, too. I mean, they, they, I, there are a lot of news organizations don't talk about the guy's name. And, it's, you know. it's better now, but it was, yeah, it was bad for a long time. Oh, look, I mean, when it happens every other day, yeah. you know, it's... It's you gotta I deal know. with it somehow, right? Yeah. Uh, August twenty fourth, the Joe Rogan Experience releases its seventeen hundredth episode with guest comedian Eleanor Kerrigan discussing their favorite Stephen King novels and favorite drinks. Wow, an episode that I could totally get into. I know, and it makes me sad that the seventeen hundred seventeen hundredth episode was so pleasant because Joe Rogan <laughs> is not really. I, you know, I, honestly, I haven't listened to his show. I'm not promoting going and listening to him at all. Okay, I mean, I, I just, I, I know. From what I've read, and I love Joe Rogan on news radio. And oh, yeah, he was great on that, yeah. But that was, what, 30 uh, years ago? <laughs> yeah, it was the 90s, uh, early 90s, mid-90s. But yeah, it's not, I'm sure probably like 90% of his show is this, yeah. where it's just him talking with somebody. I mean, sure. the guy, I didn't realize until doing this research, because I've never listened to his, his show. Yeah. I didn't realize that he routinely does three to four hour episodes like four or five times a week. That's really impressive. That's insane. Yeah. Look, I mean, the guy works hard and he yeah. he basically, you know, he's one of the godfathers of this business. Oh, no, he is. He is. And I, yeah. I'm, look, I'm all for opposing points of view. I'm all for interesting discussions. You know, as long as they're interesting discussions, as long as you're not pushing some agenda, yeah. as long as you're not pushing some conspiracy theory, it's okay to talk about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. As long as you're not saying, hey, this is the truth. Exactly. And this is exactly what exactly. happened. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not down for racist BS. And, no. You know, I'm not sure if he's doing that anymore, but, I, you know, some of the stuff I, he used to do is pretty questionable. But you're totally right because he is a workhorse because I think at this point now, up until, you know, March of 2023, I think he's up to almost 2,200 episodes. Wow. Like, it's just insane. He's ramped way up in the last couple of hey, years. It's it's impressive. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of work. It's Trust me. a lot of talking. Trust us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, good God. Uh, just a week later, August 31st, the first three episodes of Only Murders in the Building premieres on the Hulu. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a good show. I'm excited to talk about it. But first, let's catch up with Martin Short and Steve Martin. With our heroes. And see what happened during the ensuing 30 years between Three Amigos and Only Murders in the Building. Nothing. 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 <laughs> they just sat around. They worked at Walmart, I think. They As greeters for like 25 years. They hung out together at Christmas. <laughs> yes. In St. <laughs> Bart's. Uh, after Three Amigos, Short would star in a series of comedies, Inner Space in 1987 with Dennis Quaid, directed by Joe Dante. Amazing movie. Uh, it's one of my favorites growing up. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and Martin Short was so brilliant. In that oh my movie. god! Uh, talk about again an amazing physical. Oh my god! He's just comedic a little, performance. Little tiny ball of energy. Yeah, this is his uh, all of me. Yeah, this is yeah. his. I got yes. another person in my yes. body. Yes, <laughs> he's controlling gotta, me. Yeah, and I'm doing, and I'm doing weird. the things. Yeah. And it was a great performance by him as you know nerd to hero. Yeah, it was good arc. It was a great arc and. And he, I liked when he got cocky. It was just, it was very well done, and it was tailor-made for him. And Dennis Quaid was amazing. Yeah. And uh, what was her name? Was it, Meg, was it Meg Ryan? That was and the, Meg Ryan, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's where I th they, yeah. they met. And got I th married. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're right, yeah. Meg Ryan, how could I forget? Yeah. But yeah, I mean. She was great in it, too, oh, yeah. Oh, God, she, she was, was so, America's sweetheart. So cute in that movie. Yes, she was adorable. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Three Fugitives came out. It sounds very condescending, by the way, but it's there's no other way to, you know, no, some she people was, are adorable. She was very adorable in that movie. Uh, Three Fugitives in 1989 with Nick Nolte, which uh, I've never seen. Nick Nolte. He's got a little girl. No, uh, actually, Steve, Martin Short's got the little girl, I think, and and he helps them. I don't remember, but don't it was remember. a good movie. Yeah. I remember liking oh, it. Oh, really? Okay. I remember okay. enjoying the... Gruffle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he did a good pairing. He did Captain Ron in 1992 with Kurt Russell. Completely underrated, hilarious movie. Uh, it is such a funny movie. Uh, Kurt Russell is absolutely fantastic uh, as Captain Ron. So good. And he is so good at watching Captain <laughs> Ron take over his family. <laughs> it's just a fun. It's one of those. There is a string of movies back then. You had like The Great Outdoors yeah. with John Candy. There was another John Candy movie where he had to like sail a boat. A regatta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like don't remember what it was Summer called. Rental, I think. So, was that I what think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, just a ton of these kind of like outdoorsy, yeah. almost like adult One Crazy Summer movies. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. More, Where they kind of took yeah. a lot to do with boats. A lot of, bo- yeah, a lot <laughs> a lot of boats. boats. A lot of boats. Uh, and then in 1994, he did perhaps his greatest role of all time. In Clifford with Charles Grodin. Holy <laughs> smokes, man. That movie is so bizarre. It's so good. It is the, his performance is chilling. <laughs> so weird. It's so, it's so amazing. Dinosaur. It's a little dinosaur. And he's, it is so creepy. It's so, I just, there's something, it's like a car wreck. I don't yeah. know. There's yeah. something so fascinatingly watchable about this movie that I absolutely adore. And I'm a huge, 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 huge Charlie, Charles Grodin fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's the best deadpan comedian oh. of all time. Uh, yes. He's also one of the greatest uh, talk show hosts. I mean, talk show guests Guess. of yeah, all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hilarious. Just plays that mean. He's angel. so, yeah, he does just it so out. well. So oh, well. He's so good. And, and just, if you haven't seen Clifford... Watch it. You're in for a treat. It's so Highly weird. recommend it. Oh, yeah. my God. Highly yeah. recommend it. It's worth at least one watch. It ain't about a big red dog. Let's no. just say that. No, it is not. It's about a tiny, tiny man playing a boy. Oh, he's a little weirdo. <laughs> I'm Clifford. Uh, unfortunately, his leading man days were eclipsed by his amazing character work in supporting roles. Uh, an uncredited appearance in The Big Picture with Kevin Bacon in 1989. Yeah, a movie that we're definitely going to do in yeah. our Undercooked Bacon series. Yeah. Because that movie is so... Great! It is the best. It's yeah. Uh, it's the best representation of what it is like trying to make an indie film within the studio system. Right. Uh, even at the even now, it rings true. Yeah. With still all yeah. of the stuff he had to go through, and Martin Short was hilarious. I think <laughs> this was. Uh, um, it was directed by the Waiting for Guffman guy. Uh, uh, Christopher Guest? Yeah, I think it was a Christopher Oh, I think, I, you know, I think you might be right. I, that sounds right. Because it's got the whole crew in it. Yeah, Michael yeah. Michael McKean, everybody's yeah. in it. And it's got that it's weird vibe. It's a fantastic vibe. movie. Absolutely fantastic. And it is such a great Kevin Bacon performance, too, yes. by the way. Yes, And it's just one of those movies that slipped under the radar. Yeah, yeah. It didn't get a lot of fanfare. Yeah. It just was kind of out. And it's, But it's great. Do Definitely yourself a favor. 100%. Worth a watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he played the wedding planner in Father of the Bride with Steve Martin in 1991. Yeah, what was that accent? <laughs> it was so weird. Uh, he reprised the role in Father of the Bride 2 in 1995. Yeah. Uh, I believe this was the only time after Three Amigos, the, at least features, that they worked together. Huh. Uh, I don't believe there were any other features together. Interesting. Yeah. It's a little weird. That. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. The press secretary he played in Mars Attacks in 1996. Oh, God. The scene with him so and the great. alien lady. <laughs> He's such so a creep. Great. He did such a good job of playing. I think he was like the chief of staff or something yeah, for the yeah. president. But he was so slimy. Such a slimy, slimy, slime ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he was, he was the press secretary. Press yeah. secretary. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, he was, such, he was so gross. It was so great. Uh, he played Rudy in Inherent Vice in 2014, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Now, is that the one with Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. And who, what? In, set in like, in like Santa Monica, yeah. and he's like a de- private detective. It was like a of. 70s kind of. Yeah. It was like a good feel. guys kind of feel. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember seeing I don't remember Martin Short, though. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to have to rewatch it because I don't remember him being in it, but mm-hmm. I, I believe he was playing a character and kind of slipped into it. I really, I remember really enjoying that movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Joaquin Phoenix is great. Oh, yeah. It was great. I love Paul Thomas Anderson, so I, I'll, anything he does. Uh, Except for that last, I think the last last movie. No, I haven't seen his last two movies. What were they? I still haven't watched watched Licorice Pizza yet. Great, uh, which I need to. And then the fun. one before that, the with um, about the clothes designer guy. I can't remember what it was called. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it had um, eminent actor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like. Uh, it was like cloth the, and something. or something. Yeah, yeah. It, was like the, but, it was like a guy that was a tailor or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting, I, it, but I I never watched it. Uh, well, then how do you know it's interesting? The the concept was interesting because okay. he was like this weird germaphobe, but like it was like him getting involved with a woman that like is getting him out of like being this guy who's like inside all the time and all this. <laughs> I know. I, I don't. No, I'm I mean, sure it's great. I'm sure I don't know. I don't know. I it, it seems like a departure for yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. So I was like, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Um, but licorice pizza is good. Oh yeah, it's really fun. And uh, oh, God, what's her name? Heim. Uh, um, from uh, Heim. Catherine, Catherine Heim? No. Uh, I don't know I don't her remember first her name. name, but yeah. she was remarkable. And yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, kid was yeah. pretty remarkable, yeah. too. And, uh, yeah, he inherited a lot of talent from the old nice. man. Nice, nice. And it was really nice Good. to see him. And it was so, it was very different than I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a very interesting film, but you get to see all of Heim. Yeah, oh, her really? sisters are in it playing her sisters. Oh, really? Her father really? is in it playing her father. Oh, weird. <laughs> her father steals the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. It's totally worth it. I'm going to I'm gonna give that a watch this weekend. Uh, he also started doing a lot of voice work for features, perhaps inspired by his Ed Grimley cartoon. I'm as doomed as doomed can be, you know. Uh, he was in We're Back, A Dinosaur Story in 1993, based on the 1987 children's book. We're back. We're dinosaurs. <laughs> That's literally all the dialogue in the movie. Yeah, uh, the Pebble and the Penguin in 1995, directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. I, I'm a penguin and I'm stepping on a pebble and it hurts my flipper. Well, they, they, um, it's based off of uh, a, an actual thing penguins do when they can't have kids. They pull up pebbles and then like sit on them, and it's it's actually kind of sad. Sir, very sad. <laughs> Did he play the pebble or the penguin? Uh, I think he played a penguin. I huh? don't think oh. he was a pebble. Um, the Prince of Egypt in 1998, reteaming with Steve Martin to play High Priest. So technically, yes, this was another feature they were in. Excellent. Uh, they were really funny. I The movie itself was okay, but <laughs> they were really funny. Did they sing King Tut? <laughs> I don't think so. Born in Macedonia, Arizona, King Tut. Uh, he was also in Treasure Planet in 2002. What? Uh, and a series of Treasure Planet. Do you remember Treasure nope. Planet? 
Oh, I yeah. think it was based it was on movie. Treasure Island, and yeah. it was like a space. It was a, it was a sci-fi Disney movie. It actually wasn't a bad movie. Cool. It just did not do well at all. Is it a cartoon? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, a series of animated sequels. He was in 101 Dalmatians 2, Patch's London Adventure in 2003. Classic. <laughs> I love my favorite of the 101 Dalmatians was Patches, of course. Of course. I hated uh, Peacocks. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Pebbles. Pebbles, yeah. Pebbles the yeah. Dalmatian. Pebbles, yeah. Little they were diva. A little annoying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil in 2011. Yeah, look. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think I caught some of Hoodwinked on Stars back when we had cable. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those really clunky, chunky computer animation weirdo things. It, it felt like it was trying way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the... The, the sequel probably not as good. Didn't really pick it up. Didn't really, didn't really <laughs> goose the old uh, gander, if you no, know what I mean. No. Didn't do a good job of... Sometimes, yeah. sometimes when you are Martin Short, you take a job and you spend two hours in a booth yeah. and so, you get paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think both, as we go through this list, both Martin Short and Steve Martin uh, yes, are known yes. to uh, take a paycheck sure, every once in sure. a while. And who can blame them? Yeah. I mean, they're always going to do good work regardless. Hey, man, going and, to... Have a shared vacation. St. Bart's costs some ducats, It does. It does. Uh, He was also in Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted in 2012. They finally hit their stride at 3. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. I actually really liked the Madagascar series. I don't think I saw the third one. I didn't see it. They're uh, they're cute. They're fun. They got great voices. You got Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. You got uh, uh, David Schwimmer. And you got Queen Latifah, right? I think so. Didn't she play the hippo? I think so. And you got Chris Rock. Yeah. Playing a giraffe? Or no, a, 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 a zebra? Zebra, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think David Schwimmer was the giraffe, and he was in love with the hippo. Oh, that's right. I think he was, yeah. A lot going it's a good on there. series. It was a good yeah. series, yeah. Very deep. Uh, he was also in The Addams Family, the animated movie, in 2019, which is more of a remake than a sequel. It was cute. Uh, I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay. Uh, where he really excelled, though, was in TV. Yeah, he did. Yeah. In 1988, Short wrote and produced the 13 episodes of The Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley, based off the SCTV and SNL character. This is my favorite cartoon that was fairly modern. Like, yeah, something yeah. that came after Looney Tunes or, right, right. you know, the old uh, Land, of the, Land of the Lost wasn't a cartoon, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that era. It, yeah. it was just so original and so much fun, and it had all of his energy. And Ed Greenlee was such a positive, fun character because he always looked at things as an adventure, and he always got in these crazy adventures, and, you know, he, he lost it. he go, oh, I'm going completely mental, I must say. <laughs> but... <laughs> It always came around at the end, and it was good. Like there, I think the first episode, he's going for it. He's, you know, Ed Grimley plays the triangle. Mm-hmm. Not well, but he, he tries hard. Sure. And he's taking a triangle lesson from this great triangulist. Sure. And uh, uh, answers the phone. They ask him to play for the Philharmonic. You know, they're not asking Ed Grimley. They're asking <laughs> the other guy, but poor Ed, you know. Oh, yeah. So Ed's got to go play. And it's just... It's like a silly premise, but the yeah. way he gets there is insane, and it's just so much fun. And the inner monologue of Ed Grimley is just <laughs> hilarious. In 1989, Short headlined another one-hour comedy special, I, Martin Short, Goes Hollywood. Nice. <laughs> Which, all of his specials have the absolute best names. Well, he and Steve Martin both. They I know, both I like know. to play on dumb. Yeah. They, they're, the reason I think they work so well together is because they both do smart dumb yeah. amazingly. Uh, so it featured many of his characters, including Ed Grimley and Jackie Rogers Jr. Jackie Rogers Jr. Uh, Short has had three television shows called The Martin Short Show. 
including a sitcom, The Martin Short Show, in 1994. I don't really remember that. I don't remember that either. A sketch comedy show, the show formerly known as The Martin Short Show in 1995. See, that's hilarious. And a syndicated talk show, The Martin Short Show, which ran from 1999 to 2000. They didn't know what to do with Martin Short. No. They didn't. A guy like that that has so much talent, he can sing, he can dance, he can act, he can do all... He's a variety guy. Putting him in a sitcom doesn't really work. No. Especially, like, around him, because... I don't even, I, you know, what was he, a lawyer? Who knows? I, Who knows yeah. what he was? But uh, he's not, mm, doesn't work that well. Talk show, look, the guy is a, the best talk show guest yeah. that there is. Well, I think he can be a good talk show host. Sure. It just can't be him. He needs to be doing a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While he's doing we it. We love Martin Short, but we love Martin Short's performing. Yeah, and yeah. He was fine, but the date. Everybody had a daytime. Everybody's had a daytime. Uh, yes, you've yes. had two daytime talk I did, shows. I did. I uh, did. Uh, one of them's still running. Yeah, actually. syndicated. <laughs> you should check it out. It's on uh, WBZ in Boston. Oh yeah. Uh, so he starred as Jiminy Glick on Comedy Central's Primetime Glick from 2001 to 2003, where he found his gold. Right. Exactly. He was in character, interviewing performers and celebrities, and that is where. He, he needs to be. He sh- he, look, Between Two Ferns, hilarious. But there's no Between Two Ferns without Jiminy Glick. Right. And right. Jiminy Glick did it first. And he was just so brutal and so funny. <laughs> and because Martin Short is Martin Short, he could get any guest he wanted. Yes. And yes. their game. And of course, because it's hilarious. And the Jiminy Glick movie, I am sorry, was hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. I... I don't remember it. I I probably need to see it again. It's like a murder mystery. It's like a Hitchcock oh, really? type of deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, I think he gets framed for murder. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so the New York Times in 2002 referred to the character as... The most unpredictable and hilarious uninhibited comic creation to hit TV since Bart Simpson was in diapers. Yeah. Although Bart Simpson was never really in diapers. No, no. He shot a new comedy special for television in Toronto in September 2011. The special, I, Martin Short, Goes Home, follows his return (laughs) to his native Hamilton, Ontario, and has a cast that includes Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Joe Flaherty, and Fred Willard. Yeah, it was, it's in Canada. By law, you have to have at least six Canadian performers on your special <laughs> for it true. to air. It's true. Actually, you, you joke about this, but that's the reason. You can go back to our episode about SCTV. SCTV yeah. The reason that they had to have Bob and Doug McKenzie. Bob and Doug McKenzie is because they had to have Canadian stuff in the show. Hey, look, eh? Okay, your makeup ops is really funny, eh? Okay, we like it. It's funny. Um, but, you know, we have to promote Canadianism. So we got to have at least three minutes of some Canadians. Canadian stuff, you know, saying Canadian's good, or we're going to have to cut your show, eh? Hey, no no hard feelings, eh? Yeah, no problem, eh? Hey, no problem, eh? We'll come up with yeah. something. We'll get it right. We'll get it. Yeah. Uh, he made guest star appearances on shows like Arrested Development, How I Met Your Mother, Damages, and Law & Order SVU. God, Damages, so good. I love watching these guys do drama. Yeah. Because... There's very few comedic actors that can nail drama. Rob Williams, nailed drama. Steve Martin, nails drama. Oh, Martin yeah. Martin Short, yeah. nails drama. I think the funnier you are, and also, let's be honest, Martin Short's gone through a tremendous amount of pain. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't put it out there for everybody to have to soak up. No, no. But that guy, you know, since a young man, has, yeah. has experienced 
incredible loss. Right. So I think he's really, in Steve Martin too, I think he's really able to delve into that mm-hmm. part of himself and Tap pull into out that, some yeah. dark, dark stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's always interesting to see these funny guys be serious. Uh, on May 31st, 2016, Short debuted a new variety show on NBC, Maya and Marty, which also starred Maya Rudolph. Nice. Steve Martin guested on three of the six episodes of the show. Yeah. He was like, I'll only do three. <laughs> That's all I got in me. I'm pretty sure you play the banjo. That's all you can afford. Yeah. (laughs) Do three, but I get to play the banjo in two. (laughs) Short also made his way back on stage. In 1983, he played the lead role in the musical version of the Neil Simon film The Goodbye Girl on Broadway. Oh, nice. Receiving a Tony Award nomination and an Outer Critics Circle Award. Good. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he had the lead role in the 1999 Broadway revival of the musical Little Me, for which he received a Tony Award and another Outer Critics Circle Award. He, his beginnings are in theater. He yeah. loves theater. You know, that's... Oh, yeah. Watching he's, his special. Watching he's he a musical theater special. guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy is... He's a stage addict. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can for tell. Sure. In 2003, Short took to the stage once again in the critically acclaimed Los Angeles run of The Producers. So I wish I would have seen that. I know. Short played the role of the accountant, Leo Bloom, opposite Jason Alexander's Max Bialystok. Oh, what a good That would have been pairing, yeah. It's so good. Uh, Although the role of Leo Bloom was originated on Broadway by Matthew Broderick, Mel Brooks first approached Short about doing the part opposite Nathan Lane. Oh, man. And Uh, and look, we got to see the two work together on Only Murders in the Building, and they are gold together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the subject, uh, Short has stated in numerous interviews that while he was thrilled by the opportunity, the idea of having to move his family from their Los Angeles home to New York for a year was less than ideal and ultimately proved a deal breaker. Makes sense. You get to a point where you get to pick and choose. Yeah. And it's not like these offers aren't going to come up again. You know? Yeah. If he wants to do the producers, he'll get to do the producers. But I I really applaud him not uprooting his family. Yeah. I to, mean, it, to go do a like a vanity totally. project. I mean, I'm sh- I think his kids were still younger at this point, and sure. it's like it's like you know, let him let him get older. And his then wife was still travel. alive. Yeah, right? she, 2010 when she passed. Yeah, uh, since 2015, Short has toured with Steve Martin. Together, their tours have included a very stupid conversation in 2015, <laughs> an evening you will forget for the rest of your life in 2017. That's the one we watched, and the funniest show in town at the moment <laughs> in 2021. Which, God, I wish we had uh, been able to make it out for that. Oh, my God. Look, I I probably can't afford it, but I would, more than any other live stage anything, Yeah, this yeah. is what I'd want to Go see. Go see them. Yeah. I agree. Uh, this and uh, Tom Waits. Those Tom are Waits the two. good. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Tom Waits. Oh, yeah? It, I saw Tom Waits, quick speed bump. My friends picked me up from the airport and took me to the surprise concert. It was like some anti-something concert hosted by Tim Robbins. Oh, okay. And uh, but it had a bunch of different artists, and it had like Eddie Vedder, which was horrible. He like I think turned his back to the audience, sat on a pillow while he played. He was very pretentious. Um, but when Tom Waits came out, everybody came out to play with him. Right. He played right. longer than everybody nice. else, and it that little bit of a concert was probably the best concert I've ever seen. Nice. And I've nice. seen the Stones, the Who, yeah, Prince. Yeah. I've seen everybody. So sure. it was amazing. Anyway. Yeah. If you could get the chance to see Tom, Tom Waits, Waits in concert, do it. He's hilarious and absolutely brilliant. Nice. Uh, their 2017 tour it was filmed for Netflix as a special and was nominated for three primetime Emmy Awards. Yeah, we watched that yesterday. It's so good. I had seen it before, but my God, the amount of energy and physical stamina, <laughs> yeah. especially Martin Short. Yes. Martin Short is unreal. 
I I literally at one point turned to Jim and said, "He's sixty-seven. <laughs> yeah. The stuff I couldn't do some of the stuff he was doing. It's crazy. He he, he like Steve Martin." comes out and plays the banjo and doesn't have to do any makeup no, stuff or anything. No, Poor no. little Barton Short is God. like doing costumes. Five, like five and costume changes. Yeah. And doing and getting in and out and, and crazy. Just absolutely. If you haven't seen this Netflix special, even if you aren't really big fans of these guys, it's so if you're fun. fans of comedy yeah, yeah. and crafting of comedy, it is so perfectly put together because they just talking to each other. It's so much fun. And that's the beginning. Yeah, yeah just, just like, them having a conversation. Talking, making fun of each other. Yeah. They insult each other so beautifully. That's so great. Then they each get a little something, you yeah. know, to, to show their shine. You know, Martin Short gets yeah. to strip down to this fake bodysuit with a <laughs> painted on penis. I mean, it's absolutely hilarious. Martin gets to play his banjo and play with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band 2.0. Uh, the Stone Mountain. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a second. Yeah. Gilly Goobs. Steep Canyon Rangers, yeah. Steam Canyon. Steep Canyon I keep, Rangers. I keep thinking they were the Steve Canyon Rangers, no. like Steve Martin. <laughs> it's weird. Steve Martin should have changed yeah. his name to Steve Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Canyon. Ah. Uh, so, uh, catching up with Steve Martin, uh, in 1986, Martin was in the movie musical film version of the, off- the hit off-Broadway play Little Shop of Horrors, based on a famous B-movie, playing the sadistic dentist Orrin Scrivello, directed by Frank Oz. Yes, the part that was originally played by Jack Nicholson yes. in the Roger Corman movie. In the Roger Corman movie, yeah, yeah. The film was uh, the first of three films teaming Martin with Rick Moranis. Uh, the others were Parenthood in 1989, directed by Ron Howard. Great, and, great movie. And again, a fantastic movie, yeah. One of, th- this was kind of Martin's beginnings into drama comedy. Like, yeah. Because it was a very serious, it was funny. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a lot going on with his character and yeah. a lot yeah. of stress and pressure. And he and Mary Steenburgen were absolutely delightful together. Yes. Uh, yes. It's the chemistry they had was so amazing. And, <laughs> and, uh, Rick Moranis, you know, with his little girl and them trying to, you know, make her like the smartest little right, girl in the world. Right. And it was just, he was, it's just, he was great. It was such a great movie. Yeah. And, and, and strangely enough, an amazing TV series. Yeah. Yeah. I really did a really good job. Yeah. The show did a really good job. Uh, he was also in uh, My Blue Heaven in 1990 with Rick Moranis. So underrated. So Steve Martin, it's a weird movie. <laughs> He's super weird in this movie. Steve Martin plays a goomba. Hey, he plays a guy who's, you know, he used to be in the mob. He's in the witness protection program. It's, it's and uh, suits, it suits and everything. Hey, he's just he's so got a good suit, suit. But, uh, and Rick Moranis is the FBI agent that's, yeah, you know. But it's a really funny movie. It it's, is a funny movie. Yeah. Joan Cusack's hilarious in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's, it's, again, just one of those little movies that disappears that right. you forget exists. And then when you come across it again, you're just delighted. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. In 1987, Martin joined comedian John Candy in the John Hughes movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. An absolute classic. Yes, please reference our episode on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Really, the only seminal Thanksgiving movie that I can think of. Yeah, which they have tried to turn into a a Christmas movie this year. F them. It's not. You don't care how many lights you put on that trunk, baby. It's Thanksgiving. It, you know what really sucks is that the weird like Christmas poster they did, like making it look all Christmassy, yeah. is now when it's streaming. That's all that shows. Yeah, 
It's so annoying. It's, it's so annoying. Oh, lies! Lies! It's trying to take away my Thanksgiving. Come on, man. We only have a few Thanksgiving movies. Yeah. That same year, Roxanne, the film ad- adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac, which Martin co-wrote, won him a Writers Guild of America award. Again. An Great. absolutely Great perfect movie. film. Yeah. yeah. My favorite adaptation of the Cyrano story. And his performance in it is just... He is so cool in that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. He is so capable and apt and just... It just shows what a deft physical performer he yeah. is. Not just comedian, yeah. but the no, guy more, yeah. has got so much grace to yeah. him that you don't usually get to see. It's and such a great movie. He was so graceful in this movie, and just so and, and Daryl Hannah, and yeah, uh, the little guy, the one that was in all the movies. He was the guy that died in Scrooge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was hilarious. Like I, one of my favorite character actors. Yeah, he was. I wish great. I remembered his name. Uh, it also garnered recognition from Hollywood and the public that he was more than just a comedian. Now, this is where he started to really shine. Yes. As, yes. as as he got out of the dumb stuff, people they started being like, "Okay, we've seen you do all this stuff. We're ready for you to start doing right. your pennies from heaven." You're different. yeah, exactly. And he did such a great job of slowly building this other side of his career, yeah. which went up to his playwriting and right, his right. mammoth work. It right. was a very great, steady, uh, a brilliant change of pace for a career yeah. Of, of, yeah. of a performer. Right, right. In 1988, he starred in the Frank Oz film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, a remake of Bedtime Story alongside Michael Caine. Great movie. You know who was in the original of that? Uh, no. It was David Niven. Oh, yeah. Playing the Michael Caine part. Yeah. And Marlon Brando. No way. Playing the Steve Martin Wow. Part. Yeah, it's wow. definitely worth seeing. Okay. I'll also check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of the same stuff. I mean, it's yeah. not as wacky. Yeah. And I right. love that movie so much. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. It's so funny. <laughs> In 1991, Martin starred in and wrote L.A. Story, a romantic comedy in which the female lead was played by his then-wife, Victoria Tennant. Oh, my God. Such a perfect representation I, of Los Angeles. L.A. Story is the reason that I wanted to move to L.A. Yeah, it was a lie. No, but, but it was I know. Still, but I it know. was so... It, they it was, caught the hypocrisy yeah. of the town, especially at the time. Yeah, yeah. So perfectly. You know, the driving from, <laughs> you know, for a block. Right, You know, right. The, the luncheons, the everything, the young girl. It's just... Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker's so great in the movie. Well, my favorite performance of hers. Yeah, And I've yeah. loved her since Square Pegs. That, oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Sitcom, the sitcom yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> that same year, Martin also appeared in Lawrence Kasdan's Grand Canyon, in which he played a tightly wound Hollywood film producer, Davis, who was recovering from a traumatic robbery that left him injured, which was a more serious role for him. That movie was horrible. Oh, was it? Absolutely. It was the most ham-fisted. Oh, no. Jam. It's it's uh, message in your oh, face movie. Like, I've never... I hated that bad. movie with a passion. With a passion. It had so many great people in it. Yeah. It had Martin. Yeah. It had our our, our favorite buddy... Uh, I'm going to do over this. Uh, uh, um, oh, God. Donald, uh, uh, Danny Glover. Glover. It had Danny <laughs> Glover. Yeah, Danny I mean, Glover, it had yeah. an amazing cast. But it was just like... I'm going to bash you to death with my message. I'm going to that's, beat you that's to death. That's disappointing. Yeah, it's like it was very... The one thing I will say is that Steve Martin's character plays a... Uh, he, he basically plays... Uh, uh, who's that rapist in jail? Henry Weinstein? 
Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Or Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Henry Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Hey, I just make beer. Um, <laughs> no, so he was basically playing kind of a Harvey Weinstein type of, oh, you know, yeah. I don't give a crap producer. A producer. Right. This will show you how ham-fisted this movie is. So he plays this, this gung-ho producer that just produces these super violent, violent, killer, killer, violent movies, you know. Yeah. Oh, hey, everybody. Oh, you're too violent. So he gets in this robbery. He gives them everything, but they shoot him in the leg anyway, and it was just very graphic. I will say that the shooting scene was really good because it was very oh, graphic. Yeah. He, like, yeah. wets himself, and oh, it's wow. extremely traumatic, and it yeah. doesn't sugarcoat it. And then, you know, he's got his, like, should I make these movies anymore? But again, right. he actually does, and it's like, who the hell cares? And it's just <laughs> – it just it's, it's like, please, man, don't oh, – Why just, isn't this movie over already? I do not. I mean, maybe I should watch it again now that I'm older, but I cannot recommend that movie. I've never seen Grand Canyon, but I will say it always makes me think of that movie Laurel Canyon, which was not very good either. Laurel uh, Canyon was much better than Grand Canyon. I don't I, – anyway, I just – I had negative connotations about Grand Canyon. It's stupid. It's just yeah. – it, it's the thinnest movie yeah, it's just thin, and it doesn't earn any of its uh, right. dramatic BS. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> like a. Uh, uh, I, I don't anyway, even want to give it. Anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Steve Martin was great, though. Moving on. Uh, Martin was also starred in a remake of the comedy Father the Bride, nineteen ninety one, followed by a sequel in ninety five, and in the nineteen ninety two comedy House Sitter with Goldie Hawn and Dana Delaney. So great. Have you seen that? I want to say yes. Goldie Hawn again, but I don't remember. Such great. Chemistry yeah. with Goldie yeah. Hawn. So Goldie Hawn's basically just a squatter <laughs> in his house. And it's one of those fish out of water and, yeah. you know, enemies becoming friends kind of situation. Huh. Or lovers, I suppose. Yeah, But yeah. the chemistry between them and Dana Delaney's great playing his, like, fiancé or girlfriend or whatever that he's building the house for, I think. Right. Uh, but it's definitely worth seeing. It's, okay. it's just one of those really fun comedies that is just such a great time capsule of the era. Okay, okay. Uh, in 1984, he starred in A Simple Twist of Fate based on Silas Marner with Martin writing the adaptation. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's I, the one with the, him and the kid. I totally yeah. forgot it was a Silas Marner yeah. uh, adaptation, but totally makes sense because of the miser. Um, and that, again, what a sweet little fun film. It's yeah. definitely worth seeing. It's a departure for him. He was doing a lot of very different things there, but not so different that it didn't work. Right, right. He was still... There was still enough Martin in it. Exactly, yeah. but 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 different enough that it's actually real, real acting. Not that he wasn't always really sure, acting, sure. but you know what I mean. It's like yeah, the character yeah. work is really good, but he was taking these little risks, and they were good little movies. Yeah. And this was a good little movie, and it it was very, you know, he's got this little girl, and they try to take away from him. It was great. It was great. Yeah. I, I mean, he's. They claim that he is the probably the greatest actor that's never been nominated for an Academy Award. So. I I one hundred percent agree with yeah, that. Yeah. In David Mamet's nineteen ninety seven thriller The Spanish Prisoner, Martin played a darker role as a wealthy stranger who takes a suspicious interest in the work of a young businessman played yeah. by Campbell Scott. Yes, again, such a great movie. You know, first of all, you got Mamet. Can't go wrong with Mamet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's one of the greatest writers we've yeah. ever had, especially playwrights. I mean, his oh, yeah. dialogue snaps like. Oh, it's Snap, great. crackle, pop, baby. Um, but yeah, he, this, again, was such an interesting turn for him. And there wasn't a lot of Steve Martin in that. And no, no, he, no. But he was great. He was so good in it. So good. It just goes to so, show you yeah. that the guy can really do anything. Yeah. He's, as long as the audience can. He's got range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for and sure. And he was at the point now where he 
He was still extremely popular. Yeah. But wasn't the big movie star that he was in the 70s and 80s. Right. And he had more leeway to take risks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he went on to star with Eddie Murphy in the 1999 comedy Bowfinger, which Martin also wrote. One of the funniest I things. I did not realize that he wrote that movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh yeah. 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 I didn't realize that was him. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, if you listen to it, it's right. 100% Steve Martin. <laughs> that movie, to me, I, I think that uh, Eddie Murphy should have been nominated for that. Movie. Yeah. Agreed. One of his greatest Agreed. performances ever, playing dual roles as twin brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one, the, yeah, and that's the, so good. And the chemistry, again, between Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy was insane. It was good, yeah. Such a good movie. And again, an amazing representation of how hard it is to make a movie. Oh, in, yes. In yes. Los Angeles. And the it's worth it just for the scene of Eddie Murphy running across the freeway. Yes. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, it is worth it just for that. By 2003, Martin ranked fourth on the box office stars list after starring in Bringing Down the House and Cheaper by the Dozen, each of which earned over $130 million at U.S. theaters. Quietly one of the most successful actors yeah. in history. Yeah. And I and to be honest, this is kind of like those bigger movies, Bringing Down the House and Cheaper by the Dozen, they were fine. Fine. But they were very successful and very, very broad appeal. Because he's so likable. Yeah. yeah. I watched these movies. And look, Cheaper by the Dozen... It's it's fine. It's Bringing not... down the house was pretty fine because that's him and Queen Latifah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. And and Cheaper by the Dozen was fine. Uh, it had Piper Piper Perabu in it. I uh, like yeah, that. She's yeah. a very good actress. She is. And it had the kid that played uh, Superman, Tom Welling. Is that his name? Oh, really? Was, was one he of in the there? Dozen? Oh no, that's right. He was. They used the oldest uh, son. Yeah, yeah, oldest kid. Yeah. And I think they made a sequel to it. Cheaper they did by the Dozen too. Yeah, uh, in in two the in two thousand five. It was cute. It was fun. It, it's just, again, the charisma of Steve Martin can take a mediocre movie and make it watchable. True, true. Uh, also in 2005, Martin wrote and starred in Shop Girl, based on his own novella from 2000. Yeah. Uh, which I've, have you read the book? Yes. It's very good. It's a great book. The movie was pretty good. Claire Danes yes. was uh, starred with him, and, and she was fantastic. And uh, he is such a good writer. Yes, yes. He is such an exceptional writer. Uh, his plays, his short stories... Yeah, stand up everything. His he's movies, fun. yeah, he's, he's the guy is, is, you know, it, it's just annoying how talented he is. Right, such a great writer, an immaculate performer, one of the greatest stand ups ever in history, an insanely good banjo player, yeah, an amazing yeah. magician. Yeah, what he's very talented. He's it very drives talented. me nuts. Uh, after this, he started getting a little more choosy about his film parts, despite appearing in two Pink Panther movies, which made a combined two hundred and thirty million dollars. What a risk. Yeah, I it's, love. It's, they're so goofy. I love the original Pink Panther movies. Yeah. And Peter Sellers, one of my favorites. Oh, he's so brilliant. Uh, yeah. abs- Look, when you've got absolutely nothing up here, <laughs> yeah, you can totally create anything <laughs> when you're a sociopath. Yeah. Um, but I loved, loved the Pink Panther movies growing yeah. up. And so I was extremely skeptical. 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 Bloops. I, mean, I was extremely skeptical. Yes. Right? Yeah, skeptical. Sometimes words sound weird. Uh, I was extremely skeptical about these movies. They weren't great, but they were fun. They were. He was great in them. Amazing. He, Look, he took his own take. Fun. Yeah. He took. He made it his own. It was, they were goofy and dumb, but, it was, but they were fun. Did we need them? No. Probably not, but it was fun to see him in them. But it wasn't insulting to the original. It's not no. like a remake that made me angry, right. like so many remakes right. do. And and <laughs> and the first one had some great gags. Yeah. yeah. And the second one had some good gags, too. But it's just, 
They're, it was fun to see Martin play dumb again, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He didn't uh, do much television after Three Amigos, making an appearance on The Tracy Ullman Show in 1987. Everybody was on that show. Uh, yeah, and in 1993, he made a guest appearance in And the Band Played On, the docudrama directed by Roger Spottiswood. Was he talking about the nitty-gritty dirt band? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I think they, this one, And the Band Played On, was about AIDS, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. <laughs> He did a guest voice in the 200th episode of The Simpsons and made a guest appearance on 30 Rock in 2008. He was great on 30 Rock. His episode, he played like a billionaire who was kind of a germaphobe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were basically (laughs) bringing Tina Fey to him because he, you know. Right. But he was such a creep. But he's so, they talk about chemistry, the two of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He would also host the Oscars three times in 2001, 2003, and 2010 with Alec Baldwin. Oh, God. He was so good. He's so good. Uh, However, Martin would turn to the stage and become more involved in theater. In 1988, he appeared at the Mitzi E. Newhouse Theater at Lincoln Center in a revival of Waiting for Godot, directed by Mike Nichols. Oh, my God. I would have given my left arm to see this production. Uh, He played Vladimir with Robin Williams as Estragon and Bill Irwin as Lucky. I would have paid a million... Friggin' dollars to see this. 100%. Bill Irwin, by the way, is another guy that is completely underrated. Yes. One of the greatest. That man should have been a silent movie star. Yeah. He would have been Buster Keaton. He would have been Charlie Chaplin. Huge. He was a clown. And I don't mean that as an insult. He was an actual. <laughs> he was a real clown, but yeah. but not like a onka 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 right, clown, right. you know, like a sophisticated, not like a crusty the clown. Right. <laughs> hey hey! Uh, but the guy talk about physical comedy. Yeah, he, he would show. He and Ron Williams did a lot of stuff together. Yeah, they would show up in music. They were in the. Don't worry, be happy music video. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Bill Irwin, my God, he and he still shows up now and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he's doing more of like dramatic stuff. And but that guy, again, he is such an underrated performer. He deserves yeah. such a bigger career. I mean, he had a good career. He's yeah, had a, a great career. career. Yeah. Yeah. But under needs so much more but recognition. Should, should be a household name. Oh, like my Robin God. Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's just yeah. so understated. Yeah. And I just think he kind of quietly went through his career yeah. and didn't seem like he wanted to make a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> in 1993, Martin wrote his full, first full-length play, at Picasso at the La Pina Gile. Uh, the first reading of the play took place in Beverly Hills, California, at his home with Tom Hanks reading the role of Pablo Picasso and Chris Sarandon reading the role of Albert Einstein. Awesome. I... Also, would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that that reading. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Tom Hanks was right for Pablo Picasso, but I think Chris Sarandon as Albert Einstein would have been yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, I'm sure I, Hanks I'm would sure have Hanks had fun was, with it. Was fine. Yeah. I'm sure he was great in the part, but it's the only time he ever played it. So I mean, following this, the play opened at the Steppenwolf Theater Company in Chicago and played from October 1993 to May 1994. Then went on to run su- successfully in Los Angeles, New York City, and several other U.S. cities. We had a friend of ours that was in a production of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I, I think it's the second time I've seen that. It was yeah. good. It was good. It was. In 2009, the school board in La Grande, Oregon, refused to allow the play to be performed after several parents complained about the content. In an open letter to the, in the local Observer newspaper, Martin wrote, I have heard that some in your community have characterized the play as people drinking in bars and treating women as sex objects. With apologies to William Shakespeare, this is like calling Hamlet a play about a castle. 
will finance nonprofit off high school campus production so that individuals outside the jurisdiction of the school board but within guarantees of freedom of expression provided by the Constitution of the United States can determine whether they will or will not see the play. Yeah, I just love the fact that he was like, well, they don't want to do it, so I'm going to pay to put it up. Nice. <laughs> like, I am going to make sure that these kids get to do it if they want to. Yeah, it's great. I love when that happens. They're, they're, like, right now, Barnes & Noble has a banned book section Yeah, for yeah. kids. It's yeah. the kids' banned book section. And <sighs> i tell you this, kids. Anytime they ban a book, run and read that book. Yes. Anytime they ban or want to keep you away from something, get your ass to it. (laughs) Unless it's like hardcore pornography. You don't need that. No, 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 no. He continued to play music, recording. I'm not saying that any of those books are hard. I'm just talking about actual, like, Pornhub. Right, 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 right. Real hardcore pornography. Yes, we understand. We understand what you're saying. Not what they claim are pornography, but actual pornography. Like two male penguins raising an egg. Yeah. Somehow that's pornography. Yep. He continued to play it's a true story, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he continued to play music, recording banjo on Earl Scruggs' remake of Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Nice. Uh, the recording was the winner of the Best Country Instrumental Performance category at the Grammy Awards of 2002. I look. I'm not a fan of country music, especially yeah. contemporary country music. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of the twang. Yeah. yeah. Or the um, well, my dog and my lady yeah. left me. So I, I'm really low. But I like bluegrass. I've been to a couple bluegrass of bluegrass festivals. Yeah. It's just got a lot of energy. Yeah, a it's lot fun. Of, uh, instruments. It's very joyful. Yes. Without yeah. the, uh, well, I'm divorcing my old lady <laughs> and she took my favorite dog. In 2009, Martin released his first all-music album, The Crow, new songs for the five-string banjo with appearances from stars such as Dolly Parton. The album won the Grammy Award for Best Bluegrass Album in 2010. Uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band member John McEwen produced the album. Yes, I was waiting for a Nitty, Nitty Gritty, Gritty Dirt, Dirt Band. Band. <laughs> uh, this was also, I didn't include this, but this was, 2010 was also the year that he started the, it was like the Steve Martin Award for Banjo Excellence or something, nice. where he would pay $50,000 to the person that he felt uh, furthered the banjo the most that year. That's great. Yeah. I mean, look, he loves the banjo. Oh, yeah. God, and he's yeah. got a beautiful and, banjo. That banjo oh he was my. playing on the... He's good. Banjo. Dude, he's so good. I couldn't believe that he was playing it without finger oh, picks the first great. time. It, it doesn't seem like he's actually playing it. I'm just like, uh. Okay. See, okay. Yeah. My buddy, Laser Tag Larry, <laughs> yeah. he plays the banjo, and he played the banjo insanely well. You know, yeah. he could do the. He had like some folk band with his, his family. It was <laughs> such a. They had such a great They were little, the Partridge family? They were a very happy family. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we played music together. So because of Steve Martin and Kermit the Frog, the, yeah. the powerhouse double duo, <laughs> I decided I wanted to take banjo lessons. Oh, nice. So I got a banjo and I started playing. And then, you know, when I realized that I couldn't be perfect at it right away, I was like, screw this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I put in a couple As of months. As you are wont to do, Jim. <laughs> I, that's the thing. When you're... Like instantly good at some stuff. Yeah, it's not good when you actually have to try hard at other things. It's too, yeah, yeah, it's. I wish I would have tried harder at some things <laughs> instead of giving them up right away. It's too old gotta, now, Jim. Oh, there's no way I, <laughs> I got a banjo in the closet. The same banjo from oh, when I was really? a baby oh, nice. is in the closet. But I, I you know, it's, I've also I've often thought of like maybe I should take lessons, but I do not have the dexterity no. for that kind of stuff. I think that at that, all that 
that ship's gone sailing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in 2009, Martin started playing with Steep Canyon Rangers. Uh, he toured with them for almost two years, culminating in a concert on the lawn of the Capitol Building for a July 4th celebration where they performed a bluegrass arrangement of King Tut. King Tut. Ding ling ding 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 ling ding 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 ling ding ding ding. Hey, born in Macedonia, moved to Arizona, King Tut. I would have, I would have loved to have seen that. I'm sure there's probably video online somewhere. Yeah, let's hope so. In 2013, he released an album, "Love Has Come for You" with Edie Brickell. That was a really good album, by the way. Oh yeah, Edie Brickell was huge in the 90s. Yeah, she was kind of a folky, very brilliant, yeah, very very talented musician. The collaboration led to a Broadway musical, Bright Star, debuting in 2016. The musical went on to receive five Tony Award nominations, including Best Musical. See, this guy is unstoppable. Everything he does turns to gold. It's amazing. Well, it's just, it's called crafting and talent. Yeah. And taking the time to put something together. Yeah. Everything that is his, that he creates, yeah, yeah. is impeccable. Yeah. He didn't create Cheaper by the Dozen or Cheaper no, by the Dozen no, 2. No. Those were remakes. He, he made them better. Exactly. Look, everything he's in is yeah. better. Yeah. Everything he's in is watchable. He is always yes. good, even if yes. the movie's garbage. Yes. He's always. Even Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I mean, even he couldn't save that one. But other than, you know, there's always got to be the exception that proves the rule. Of course. Uh, and Grand Canyon is that. But, yeah, I mean, everything that he has done is exceptional. He knows Himself and he knows his audience. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be him. Right. right. And I think watching the special, yeah, most yeah. of all, the two of them oh, yeah. express themselves. I mean, it is them. It yeah. is a celebration yeah. of them yeah. and their friendship. And you know me. Friendship's my favorite thing. <laughs> so it's just like it was just so, so good and, and so much better than stuff. People a third their age or right, whatever. I mean, right. no offense. I love comedy, but seeing these two masters yeah. hitting all of their best beats. Yeah, yeah. At the end, when they're dancing, when they got to do the extra five minutes, <laughs> they're in their 70s, man. Yeah. Or like they're probably late 60s then, but still. Yeah. It, still. It, enough to be like, that makes me tired just watching. Exactly. Yeah. So Martin himself received Tony nominations for Best Book of a Musical and Best Original Score and received the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Music and the Outstanding Critics Circle Award for Best New Score. Wow. He also received a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. I find it highly amusing and very interesting that Steve Martin has won more Grammys than any of his other awards. Now, did he ever win a Grammy for his comedy albums? Yes. Okay. I believe he did. Good. Uh, uh, I think it was the Wild and Crazy Guy album. Yeah, yeah. Won. Yeah. Let's so, get smoked. That's really good. Too. Yeah. Let's get smoked. So let's fast forward to January 2020 with the announcement that Steve Martin and Martin Short would star in an untitled Hulu series. Finally, we'll talk about Only Murders <laughs> in the Building. Here we go. Almost an hour later. Uh, created by Martin and John Hoffman with Martin Short and Hoffman as executive producers alongside Dan Fogelman with 20th Century, sorry, with 20th Television serving as the studio. I was Dan Fogelberg. No, 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 different person. Uh, John Hoffman wrote and co-starred in the Disney Channel original film Northern Lights in 1997 and has written many unproduced screenplays, including Queen Bess in Indianapolis in Harm's Way and Queen of the Jews. Wow. You know, I've written a lot of uh, unproduced, unproduced screenplays, screenplays too. too. Yeah, I we know, have a lot I know. in common. Uh, Hoffman made his theatrical film debut as both writer and director with the MGM Jim Henson Pictures comedy Good Boy uh, in 2003. Which opened it, yeah. Which opened at number three at the U.S. box office and grossed forty-five point three million dollars worldwide on an eighteen million dollar budget. All right, made some money. I don't know what that was about. It was about it, a good boy. I believe that it was. 
I, I think it was about a dog, and I think the dog was like a puppet. I don't think it was a real dog. But was it like a talking dog or something? I think so, yeah. Okay. Or somebody I, I don't, turns don't into the dog. Don't quote me on something? any of this, but I, I feel like something to do with a, a doll, a, a puppet. He was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award as part of the writing team for the 81st Academy Awards in 2009. All right. Uh, Hoffman has also contributed as both a writer and producer to the HBO series Looking from 2014-2015 and the Netflix series Grace and Frankie, uh, which he worked on all six years. Nice. Good show. It was a great show. Oh, my God. Great show. I uh, adore Lily Tomlin. Adore her. And Jane Fonda's great, too. But Lily Tomlin, man, her stand-up, people forget. (laughs) That's my favorite phrase, by the way. People forget. You idiots (laughs) forget. But she was one of the first extremely successful female comedians, had her own yeah. specials, had so many iconic characters. You know, Edith, yeah. the best yeah. the proof. <laughs> you know, sitting in that giant the rocking giant chair. chair. Yeah. And then, you know, the operator lady. And I don't know. I'm not going to do her because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. won't do her justice. But again, Lily Tomlin was one of the greatest comedians. Incredible Shrinking Woman. Oh, yeah. It's a really fun, Brilliant. weird movie that is so fun. 100% time capsule of the era. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, you, if you have a chance, watch The Incredible Shrinking Woman. And then, of course, All of Me. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and the yeah. two of them together. Again, amazing chemistry. I, I love her. One of my greatest moments in L.A. was uh, I was at brunch with some friends, and we decided to all like, get gussied up like in our suits and stuff. Just went to a normal brunch place, but we're all dressed up. And Lily Tomlin was there, and she kept looking at us, wondering what the hell was going on and why we were so dressed up. And it was God, like, you're from a funeral. It was everything. It was everything <laughs> I could not to go over and just talk to her and just be like, oh, my God, you're so brilliant. You should have. I should have, but I, yeah. The, the third or fourth time she we caught we caught each other's eyes, I should, probably should have gone and talked she to her. She winked at her. Give her a little winky-dinky. Like, hey. She's so brilliant, though. God, she's so brilliant. Dan Fogelman wrote the screenplays for... Cars, Fred Claus, Bolt, Tangled, and Crazy Stupid Love. Uh, Tangled is a great... It's such an underrated animated movie. Uh, I, that's the one about... Uh, uh, where she... The, what's her name? Um... Rapunzel? Is yes. That Rapunzel yes. with the hair? Yeah, with the hair. And and it's it's such an underrated movie. It is really good because it it takes the trope and turns it, right? Yes. She rescues yes. herself kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Probably and, made and a lot of incels mad. The, 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 the prince is like, he's just this kind of bumbling guy that's trying to do the best he can. Yeah. And like, it's it's such a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Crazy Stupid Love is great too. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic movie. Cars is good. Bolt was pretty fun. That was like it was, uh, it was the dog, little dog. Yeah, yeah John it was Bolt fine. Is play the dog. Yeah, I gotta find I gotta, run, I gotta run fast. I gotta run yeah. Bolt. I gotta find my crumb. <laughs> Do you remember Fred Claus? Was yes. that the one with? Uh... I think Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Paul Giamatti played uh, yes. Santa Claus and uh, the swingers guy. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn played was his Fred brother Claus, or whatever. Air Noel yeah. brother. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, That's right. Now it's all coming back. <laughs> all concept, no comedy. Yeah. Uh, so Dan Fogelman was also created the 2012 television sitcom The Neighbors uh, and the 2015 fairy tale themed musical comedy series Gallivant. Gallivant was great. Uh, the 2016 drama series This Is Us and the 2016 baseball drama series Pitch. Cool. Um, I don't know what The Neighbors was. Do you remember that? Uh, I believe that it was based off of an Australian sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Neighbors, I okay. believe. Um, um, Gallivant was really fun. Gallivant was, was, was goofy and It was fun, very yeah. unique. Yeah. It was like something that was 
fresh and unique. So fresh and unique that they canceled it because people well, don't understand. Irony is that there's a new series with Galvant like coming out. Really? This year, yeah. It's Galvant, and then there's like a subtitle, but I don't remember oh, what good. it is. But it, there's another another show, Galvant show coming. That's yeah. great. Uh, I missed the This Is Us bus. I did too. I... I know it was supposed to be great sure. and like, okay, Tear like, it was huge yeah. and everybody was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody like, wanted whatever. to know how Milo Villamochalacinamenesis or whatever. Milo Ventimiglia? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to know how he died. I think that yeah. was the thing. Yeah. How did he die? What happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he died. But it, it did really well. So, I mean, it, and I think it's done now, if I remember yes. correctly. I think it's done I now. believe so. Yeah. It's run its course, Adam. Uh, so, in addition to all that, Dan Fogelman wrote an early draft of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Nice. Which I don't, I think that it's been rewritten many times since sure. then. But, hey, that's cool. Hey, man, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's oh, going to get me so excited about it. I can't yeah. wait. I just, I liked all the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. I think that the people that are like, aliens? Huh? Look, man, the first one, it was the Ark of the Friggin' Covenant. <laughs> That opened up, burned Nazis' faces Literally off. Literally God and, yeah. and demons or something. And then you like, got, uh, you know. The, pulling hearts out of people's yeah. chests. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. And finding the, the Jesus cup, the chalice of Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's all, all okay. Forever. But you know what? I draw the line when you put yourself inside a refrigerator <laughs> and get blown 20 miles away. That is where I draw the line. Look, and aliens, you know, they're not Jesus. <laughs> well, as far as we know, no, I, uh, there I, some to, goofy me, stuff. to me, it was brilliant because it was it was an in, indicative of that era. It was in the fifties, and that was when all these like alien B movies were big. Like, I, I thought I it was it. so much fun. It was fun, and I this was I was still working for ILM back then. Yeah, and I used to. This is back when we had negative cutters, and it was things were done on film yeah. still. And I remember one of the the uh, the guys down here. I think he was one of the color correctors or something. I might have been Ben Burrett. I'm not sure. But he and I had a really good relationship because mm-hmm. I'd known him for years. He's like, come on, come on, come with me. You got a few minutes? And nice. uh, I was like, yeah, sure. So he took me into the theater and just started showing me all these shots. Oh, like wow. three months wow. before the movie came out. Oh, wow. And nice. like these effect shots. And, oh, wow. And, you know, they're, it, they were kind of rough and whatever, but it was like, this is amazing. It was so much fun to get that secret little <laughs> snippets, especially as you know, one of the greatest Indiana Jones fans ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Our you know, biggest Indiana Jones fans. What I say? No, greatest. I'm one of the greatest. <laughs> I'm pretty awesome. Um, and I've always thought, and now that they're older, I think that they should do it. And now that also that Harrison Ford's doing a lot more comedy. Yeah, I've always thought that Martin Short. And Harrison Ford should do a movie where they play brothers because they look a lot alike. They do. They do. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, that would be great. I, there's still time. I'm going to write there's it. still time. Write it. <laughs> they have to take their dad's ashes. Dad was 182. <laughs> <laughs> so Only Murders in the Building comes from the mind of Steve Martin, who apparently listens to murder podcasts while biking around Los Angeles. As everyone does. <laughs> I got – when I would temp – I would I, I would call these headphone jobs. Yeah. Because you would just go in and do data entry yeah. or whatever, and, and you'd yeah. listen to like eight podcasts a day. Yeah, you don't have to actually hear anything going yeah. on around you. It's, yeah. It was always murder podcasts, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. I started walking when the lockdown started, uh, and I was listening to it a little bit before that uh, on my drives up to Santa Clarita at the job I was working at the time. But I listened to the last podcast on the left, yeah. and I went through 
probably 300 episodes yeah. of that walking around L.A. in the mornings. Yeah, those guys during do the lockdown. Yeah. an amazing job. Yeah, they were great. Telling stories. They are and, great, yeah. And they can really, like, you know, they can do an hour and a half, two-hour podcast, and it's still riveting. They oh, do yeah. do such yeah. a good job. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> I always love on these murder podcasts. And they found her mutilated, dismembered body <laughs> underneath the bridge. This show is brought to you by <laughs> Blue Mattress. Get yourself a good night's sleep on Blue Mattress. Nice, nice. In August 2020, Selena Gomez joined the cast and serves as an executive producer. So, man, I, the chemistry between the three of them is oh, so brilliant. It's so just, great. it's like the the duo became a trio, and I want to yeah. see her yeah. in everything that they do. I it's really funny because uh, an old choreographer friend of mine uh, lived down the street from here and Selena Gomez's best friend lived with her. And so I hung out with Selena Gomez a couple times, oh, nice. like just in passing. It was yeah. always like me being at the house and like her being there. And at the time, I had no idea who she was. She sure. was still like probably 18, 19, 17, was, something. It was she was younger. Was this the friend that gave her the kidney? No, no. No. I don't think so. Okay. It's like her best so. friend gave her a kidney. But I, that, that, yeah. I don't think so. She's had a lot of health issues. Yeah. With lupus. And yeah. So sad. She's, uh, she's so brilliant, though. Uh, Gomez began her acting career on the children's television series Barney and Friends from 2002 to 2004, starting at the age of 10. I love you. <laughs> you love me. Uh, as a teenager, she rose to prominence for starring as Alex Russo on the Disney Channel television series Wizards of Waverly Place from 2007 to 2012. Never saw it. Uh, no, I've apparently it was huge. Well, uh, as older men without children, well, right. watching those type of shows are problem is problematic. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I if you want to watch it, that's fine. Sure. If you're lusting after the people on the show, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, but that's is pre- precisely the reason that when I like ran into her, quote unquote, ran into her, I had no idea who she was because right. she was on Disney stuff, yeah. and I was like, I don't watch any of this. Um. Alongside her television career, Gomez appeared in the films Another Cinderella Story in 2008, Wizards of Waver- Waverly Place the Movie in 2009, Ramona and Beezus in 2010. I remember that. I, yeah. Monte Carlo in 2011, uh, Spring Breakers in 2012, and Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising in 2016, and The Dead Don't Die in 2019. What was that about? That was The Dead Don't Die? That was the Jim Jarmusch movie, wasn't it? Was it? The Dead Don't Die? I think yes! so. Yes! Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so With good. everybody and their mother in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had uh, uh, Bill Murray and Rilo Ken. Yeah. yeah. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she also voiced... Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was that's a direct quote from the movie. She also voiced Mavis in the Hotel Transylvania film franchise. Ooh, Phoebe loves that one. She does. It's, it's a, a good... fu- they're fun movies. They're super fun movies. I like the first two. I started watching the third, but I was so distracted by the fact uh, that uh, it wasn't Adam Sandler. It wasn't anymore. Adam Sandler, yeah. and it it was a lookalike that sounded enough like him, but not enough like him yeah. to be super distracting. And I. Don't understand, as a producer of the movie, why he couldn't do the voice. I He must have been busy. Everybody. Well, then put it off. Okay? <laughs> you need, like, what, two Save days to time. do? I oh, know. I'm Dracula. I'm coming to get you. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Who knows? All right. C- give us a little, uh, come on, Adam Sandler. Let us know what the deal yeah, is. Yeah, what the heck? Get in touch. Gomez released three albums with her former band, Selena Gomez and The Scene, all of which reached the top ten of the U.S. Billboard 200 and were certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. Another 
ridiculously multi-talented yes. human being. Yes, this is why I think she fits in so well with both of them. Yeah. Because she is just pure talent. And she has this amazing deadpan delivery. Oh, she's so great in the show. But she also has an incredible range of emotion. And it is her performance on this show is so subtle. And it's into... And, and and to be sandwiched between these two giant slices of ham, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and to be able to hold your own, and not just hold I, your own, but so, yeah, but keep up with these masters, and sometimes even surpass them, yeah, yeah. God it's, love her; she's it amazing. God love this lady. She does more acting without saying a word than most actors do yeah. with dialogue. Completely like, underrated. There's always so much more going on. Like, you can see so much more happening. Well, because and she's also been through a lot. She has. Again, she, has. she has been through a lot in her young life. Yeah. So the first season had guest stars like Amy Ryan, who most will know from her appearances on The Office, or for her amazing performance as Beatty on The Wire. Oh, jeez. So good. So She's such a good actor. Again, another actor that if she shows up on something, I'm yes. there... 100%. What was that movie where she played the mom of the missing child? Was that uh, – it wasn't Mystic River. It was – Yeah, it was definitely – But it was, it, it, was, it was the one with uh, Casey Affleck. It was directed by Ben Affleck. The Town? No, the one after that where, where Casey Affleck looks for missing children with uh, yeah. Moynihan. Um, yes, I don't remember the name of it. But Amy Ryan – I think she, she got she, nominated yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. She played the mother oh. – uh, yeah, yeah, no, th- no, keep going. She played the mother, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and she was a drug addict, and, and yeah. you know, it, it was just such an amazing performance. Another one who can swing between comedy and drama yes. and is perfect in both. I, her, her run on The Office, we believed that finally that Michael Scott deserved <laughs> Fi- love. Yes, I believed that she was in love with him, and he is such a weirdo. But she was such a weirdo. They fit so perfectly together. It was so great. And they ended up getting yep, married. They got and- married and left the... I mean, they moved away yeah. to somewhere else, like Colorado or something. He found and then, his happiness. And, and he... Yeah. And it was so perfect. It was so organic, and she was just the best choice. And she was so great. Again, just I am in awe of her talent. Yeah, she received Tony Award nominations for Best Featured Actress in a Play for the 2000 revival of Uncle Vanya, and the 2005 revival of A Streetcar Named Desire. Ugh, would Uncle have, Vanya. I would have loved to have seen her a streetcar named. Yeah, Vanya. me too. Yeah, uh, Chekhov. I, I'm not a huge fan. Mm, yeah, it's very sad, very long, <laughs> very talky. It's very dry and just. Blah, blah, blah. But I get it. Yeah, I mean, but as an actor, yeah. I would never want to do a Chekhov play. She was I not, would not do that to my audience. No, no. <laughs> she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her performance as Helen McCready in the 2007 film Gone Baby Gone. That was it. Gone Baby Gone. Oh, it was Gone Baby yep. Gone. Okay, that's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, the role also earned her a Golden Globe nomination and won her a Critics' Choice Award. Should have won her an Oscar. Should have, yeah. She has made multiple appearances on season two of Only Murders, uh, which we're not going to spoil anything because no. you need to watch the show. No, but again, she's so great. Such a great performance. So great twist. So oh, God. I, so ah. crazy. I love it. Uh, Sting makes an appearance as himself in the first season as a neighbor to the leads at the Arconia. He was hilarious. So great. He's, I just love when these serious yes, artists yes. poke fun at themselves. Yeah. And you know he's not. You know, it's like no, everybody talks no. about his tantricism and his, all this yeah. crazy stuff. But it's just he's another guy that I think loves to poke fun at himself. Oh, yeah. Nathan Lane uh, was cast as Teddy Demas and James Caverly as Theo, his deaf son, who is actually deaf. My God. Again, Nathan Lane, too. Yeah. This is a guy that is just – they. these are the guys that they've worked with together. Yeah. And separately. 
you know, right, throughout right, their careers. Right. And they were able to just pull in this incredible group of iconic and amazing actors yeah. and gave them such meaty and well-rounded and, and complex parts. He could have just been yeah. the jerk. He yeah. could have just yeah. been the guy, yeah. you know. His I'm not going to spoil anything for you because there's a roller coaster. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With his uh, character arc, but again, the way his character, what he goes through, yeah. is just it, there's so many great moments, real moments of, I wouldn't say drama, but of reality, yeah, of pain. Yeah. And even though this is a funny comedy and there's a lot of fun stuff in it, great physical comedy, it also has some really poignant scenes yeah and some of the most poignant were between he and his son and the fact that he learned sign language for this yeah he had six weeks to learn asl for the episode that focused on theo um which that whole episode was one of the most brilliant things i've ever seen on tv where there was no sound through the entire episode it was so brilliant yeah Uh, it's just you you think on the surface oh Martin Short, Steve Martin, it's just going to be but goofy guys doing right. goofy things. Yeah, yeah. And there's that. And there is. It's there, yeah. But it's so much more. It yeah. is so, so, so much more. It's so good. Tina Fey, uh, Cindy Canning, who hosts the podcast that the leads are obsessed with. <laughs> uh, season two would add more guest stars. Jane Lynch, who plays Martin's stunt double from his Brazos days. <laughs> I adore her. Uh, Jane Lynch is one of my favorite actors. Uh, she's so great on the show. She's just, she dresses like him. All that she is basically still his double, yeah. even when he's not working. She shows up in his clothes, <laughs> and she's just, "I'm here. What yeah, are we doing? <laughs> Come on!" And she's like so much tougher than he is. It's so much yeah. better. It's just her energy and enthusiasm in that part is just what I love about her. Oh, she's so great. It reminds me too of like uh, the best part of Forty Year, year Old Virgin, hands down, is her. As oh, the yeah. manager yeah. in the Best Buy type store, it's just <laughs> she's never bad again. Never a bad performance. No, no. She's Whether so it's the Christopher Guest movies. Spot on, yeah. She's just she's amazing. Uh, Cara Delevingne. I think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Delevingne, Delevingne. The model turned actor who is friends with Selena Gomez in real life. Uh, Amy Schumer plays herself as the new tenant of Sting's old apartment. I love her. Uh, she was so great in the show. <laughs> she is just so... She's another one that is just, as a human being, hilarious. Like, yeah. she doesn't yeah. even need to do much to right. make me laugh. But... I just love how brash she is and how she just doesn't give a crap, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's so honest about everything about herself, and I yeah. just love her. And her playing a heightened version yes. of herself is so funny. Because she gets it. And she's, yeah, she yeah. loves that kind of stuff. To make, I love people that love making fun of themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that don't take themselves too seriously. I, just, I love it. It's like, oh, you want to call me shrill? Oh, just wait until you see this episode. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> So great. Uh, Andrew Martin of SCTV fame plays Martin's longtime makeup artist and love interest. So great to see her back. She looks amazing. Yeah. I'm just sad that she, they didn't make her Martin Short's love interest. Because, I know, I know. You know, they did such great work together on SCTV. Yeah. She, again, is an amazing sketch yeah. actor. Uh, Absolutely brilliant. Such great character work. Again, uh, so underrated. Yeah. Yeah, and agreed. I'm so happy to see her on yeah. the screen again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Shirley MacLaine is, well, it's complicated and it would be spoilery to discuss it, no, but so she's fantastic on the show. I adore her. She's so good. I love Shirley MacLaine. 
She is is crazy. I love her. I love the fact that she loves past lives and all that stuff, and she's just a (laughs) witch or whatever she says she is. I just love it. She she's Warren Beatty's sister. Yeah, yeah. People don't. Yeah, because people do know that. People know that. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) people do know that. You know that. So I think people know that. But you know, back to the Billy Wilder days of the apartment when she was just this beautiful ingenue is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh yeah, me too. It is. She's so good in it, and and that's that's at the beginning. You know, and and, uh, in terms of endearment, I mean, so good, an amazing career, an amazing actor, and and again, I love seeing these people that I haven't seen for a while, and I love seeing them knock it out of the park. Yeah. On September 3rd, 2021, it was reported that Only Murders in the Building set a record for the most watched comedy premiere in Hulu history. Nice. The show went from having about 16 times the audience demand in the U.S. as an average show when it debuted on August 31st to generating 37 times typical demand by the time the season one finale dropped on October 19th. It was a juggernaut. Huge. It was so good. It deserved it. It was such a good show. The first season earned six Emmy Award nominations, uh, one for Outstanding Comedy Series, including Selena Gomez as an executive producer, who is the only Latin person to have been nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series. That seems weird. It does seem weird, and it shouldn't. It should, <laughs> more more Latin people should be getting nominated yeah. for for Emmys, but yeah, I'm uh, surprised that uh, Freddie Prince never got nominated from Chico and the Man. Apparently not. He died. Yeah, it's Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad. Well, Okay. <laughs> Again, you're telling us information that everybody knows. <laughs> well, the younger folks probably don't. Uh, it got nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for Steve Martin and for Martin Short. Split the vote. Uh, outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series, uh, one for Jamie Babbitt for True Crime, the uh, first episode, and then uh, one for Sherry and Dobbies, who was uh, for The Boy from 6B, which was the muted episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I hope that won. Such a big—I believe it did. Um, outstanding writing for actually no I don't think I won any of them well that's outstanding criminal. writing yeah I know outstanding writing for a comedy series for Steve Martin and John Hoffman for the pilot episode True Crime uh, Martin Short won a Hollywood Critics Association TV award for the first season uh, Selena Gomez won a Satellite Award for Best Actress in the Telvin Series, Musical, or Comedy for the second season. Nice uh, the show won a Producers Guild of America award for Outstanding Short Form Program in 2023 and filming for the third season started in January of this year, of yeah. 2023. What a cast coming up, too, man. I know. Jesse Williams, Meryl Streep, and Ashley Park have all been confirmed to have roles in, in season three, along with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. He was in the finale. Yeah. He looks hilarious. I can't believe Meryl Streep's doing it. I, Meryl Streep and Steve Martin have an insane chemistry together. Yeah. There yeah. was a movie that he did with her and Alec Baldwin. Um. I forget that. I think it was a Nancy Myers movie, one of those Nancy oh, Myers yeah. older people rom coms. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think he was like a. Uh, Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin were married, they're exes. I think Steve Martin was like an architect coming to fix her house. She starts dating. It's, right. it's complicated, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, I think I you're like, right. I think I was it was thinking, called It's Complicated. It's a complicated yeah. plot, but then I'm like, oh, yeah. No, it's complicated. it's complicated. Yeah, I think you're right. It was a really right. fun movie. Yeah. And they had amazing chemistry. All three yeah. of them oh, are really yeah. great, but yeah. I, but it's I'm really curious to see her on the show because she is also another one that does oh. comedy so great it doesn't get to do it very yeah. often. Yeah, she's so great. 
the seventh episode of the first season was given the seal of authentic representation from the Ruderman Family Foundation for the portrayal of Theo by James Caverly as an actor with a disability in at least five lines of dialogue. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first season was recognized with the reframe stamp for hiring people of underrepresented gender identities and of color. We're good. We need more of that. Eight out of ten episodes in the first season were directed by women, and six out of ten episodes in the second, se- second season were directed by women. Yeah. Take that, incels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take that in your wokeness. Yeah. Yeah. The first season has an aggregate of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's incredible. And the second season has an aggregate of 98%. wonder what the 2% drop was for. I don't know. It's because people it's, found out that there were female directors. There's always going to be one person that's like, this is not as good as the first season. I, yeah. Okay. We talked about, <laughs> I just want to speed bump this for just a second because we're close to the end. But that's one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts, Adam. Yeah, I know. Is... Whether it's this, The Mandalorian, yeah. or anything that becomes a cultural phenomena, or anything that people universally seem to really enjoy, yeah. as soon as it gets to the point where people love it, then that's when we have to destroy it. Yeah. We have to take it down piece by piece, peg by peg, and and find a way to, you know, oh, it's all these clickbait articles that are like, oh, hey, I, well, the, the one mistake The Mandalorian made that ruined I the know, entire show. Well. It, the one mistake, you know, it's just like, oh, I, here we go, jumps the shark. And it's like, no, none of this is true. You're no. just being jerks. I saw an article this morning. Uh, Tarantino just announced that he's doing his 10th movie. Uh, it's called The Movie Critic. Oh, cool. It's going to be, they think it's going to be based on Pauline Kael. Oh. Uh, yeah. The article I read was like, well, it doesn't matter. It's going to be trash because everything that he's done after Sally Menke died has been bad. Meaning... Everything after Inglorious Bastards. What? And I was like, I got like halfway through the article and I was like, you're just dumb. This is the article that stated that? Yes. Then they, they did see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yes. They claim that because Sally Menke is not editing his movies anymore, that his movies are bloated and overwrought and too long. Uh, I don't, I mean, look, maybe, but I love it. was brilliant. Yeah. Once Upon a Time was brilliant. And uh, the other, and um, uh, the one with Jamie Fox uh, was brilliant. Django uh, and Chain. Django and Chain. Oh yeah, of course. And they even made, even made a longer Hateful Eight, made it into like a four-hour miniseries, yeah. which I, I'm I, looking forward to see. I unfortunately, it's not on Netflix anymore. Oh really? Yeah, they took uh, it off. Yeah. They were going to do the same thing with Once Upon a Time too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Which I the novel I still I don't remember if I gave it to you or not. No, I still need to read it. Reading that, it, yeah, Scalzi or John Scalzi, Scalzi. Which, by the way, I need to get back to the library in the next oh, five days. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it again. Yeah, I know it's fine. I'm it's enjoying good, it's it. A, it's a fun book. Yeah, it's a fun book. I'm just not in a reading. I get it. I get it. I'm forcing myself to try to read, but I don't know what it is. I think I need to put my glasses on because I have cheaters now. No, oh, yeah. And I think if I put my cheaters on, it'll be better because I get like three pages in. Yep, I'm uh, I'm I'm in the middle of uh, Later by Stephen King right now, and oh, I'm that's a good one. Really enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, love it. Uh, so reviewing for Rolling Stone, Alan Seppenwall gave a rating of four and a half out of five stars for the show and said the series turns out to be like the Princess Bride, Galaxy Quest, or Jane the Virgin. That rare and wonderful thing, the parody that also offers a great example of the genuine article. Now, I gotta be a little bit of a jerk and give it four and a half out of five, because, you know, nothing's perfect. So, in August 2022, Steve Martin revealed in an interview that this would likely be his final acting role, as he did not intend to seek out additional roles or cameo appearances once production on the series concluded. All right, that breaks my heart. Yeah. But. But, hey. He's done his dues. Here's the thing. 
if only murders in the building continues forever, he's going to act forever. <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder if he's got health problems or something. I don't. I think that he's probably going to focus on his music and just kind of do like you know whatever. Like Steve Martin, he's in his seventies. You 70s can do now. whatever the hell yeah. you want. You've done your duty. You've given us hundreds of hours of yeah. uh, impeccable entertainment. And as much as it would just destroy me to not see you perform anymore, I get it. Well, but he's, I don't think he's ruling out. Um, like doing live performances and stuff like that, you know. I mean, I, I'm assuming he'll probably tour with Martin Short still. I but, hope so. But uh, I'm sure it'll drag yeah. him back into something. Because there's, <laughs> sure. there's no effing way that Martin Short is no. ever retiring. No. That he's going to die on stage. He's, he is literally going to be tap dancing inside <laughs> his coffin. Yeah, he's going to be like 103 years old, doing some crazy wacky dance with his hand in front of his genitals and his hand <laughs> on top of his head like Ed Grimley. Floppy flopping wiener. Flopping <laughs> wiener in it, and then he's just going to die, and he's going to have the hugest smile on his face I, as they pull his corpse off of stage. I love Martin Short so much. In fact, I think... Uh, unlike you, I think Martin Short, I think I might like him more than Steve Martin. Hey, I but get it. Only because the last month of going through all this stuff and the the epitome of it is watching that Netflix special, The Night You Will Soon Forget or <laughs> yeah. whatever, but him sitting on the piano and then just <laughs> randomly going, I look like a marionette. And then for like two minutes, just kicking his legs around and he looks like a five-year-old discovering <laughs> something. And it's so amazing. He has got... A youthful exuberance that so is insane great. for somebody his age. Yeah. I mean, he's it's funny because Steve Martin has always looked 60, even <laughs> when he was 30. And Martin Short oh, yeah. has always looked 10, even when he's 60. <laughs> when when Steve Martin was 18, he looked 35. Yeah, he did. They showed pictures of him. <laughs> snorting. Snorting. What's that about? That's <laughs> oh, great. Uh, yeah, they, uh, part of the special, they show pictures of them oh, growing so up. And Steve Martin in high school literally looks like he's 35 years old. It's, I was like, is he a teacher? But he, it's like, and here he is at 15. It's, are you kidding me? Uh, but uh, it's also weird to see him with jet black hair. Oh, yeah. He must, it must have turned, like his early 20s, it must have just gone. Yeah. Because he was only in his early 30s when he did The Jerk. It was pretty like, much gray then. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You but know. he wears it so well. Oh, yeah. Oh, Better than anybody. So well. yeah. uh, Silver Fox, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. So uh, it's it's a, it's a very long episode, but this is great. Hey, there's a lot to jam in with these guys. I, you know, this is f- 30 years of catching up. There's. It's just so literally everything they do is worth watching. Even oh the stuff God. that might not be good, like Grand Canyon, it's still worth a see just to see him yeah, in it. They are always great, yeah. regardless of what they're in. And I have just been on this roll of watching SCTV on YouTube. Nice. And nice. I just can't get enough. And not just the Martin Short stuff. I just forgot how much I love that show. Yeah. And just how incredibly uh, just how incredibly unique yeah. and smart and tight that show is yeah, and and yeah. and how much they were able to do on such a shoestring budget and i just this month has been so much fun to just dive into this pool of these two guys and yeah. just simmer in their talent it has just been a hot tub of joy baby <laughs> and it's been great do yourselves a favor if you haven't seen only murders in the building binge it yeah, yeah. you're gonna love it uh, and all of these movies that we talked about too, you got the jerk, you got Clifford, you have all of these wonderful tour de force performances by these 
comic iconic geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't use that word very much. No, uh, no. Only with them and with you, Adam. Yeah, I, I'm um, definitely an icon. Yes, and a genius. <laughs> uh, but it's – I love friendship. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just yeah. a weird thing with me. Um, and there's nothing more than I love is like what seems to be a genuine yes, yes. affection for each other that these gentlemen have. Yeah. And – you know, there's a Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin hated each other you right, know, towards the right. end, and there's all these partners and stuff that just didn't like each other. But it just seems like these guys, as they get older, just really love each other. They just really, really enjoy being around each Go other. Go on vacation together yeah. and just seem to be true friends. And it makes so much sense because they're both so smart and they're both so talented and they both have a love for smart, stupid comedy yeah yeah and they're also t- probably the two best guys at it in my opinion. oh yeah yeah and uh if you're a fan of comedy watch everything that they've done and if you're a fan of drama watch a lot of things that they yeah done. yeah because they've got talent these two guys have more talent than i would say like 50 percent of the people oh you, yeah yeah you know it's like the, the one percenters yeah they're they're it's amazing it's amazing that they were able to find each other being that they are so good apart. Right. But being together is so incredible. And also, and I want to say this too, because a lot of times when, when funny guys get older, like Chevy Chase or Bob Hope a little bit, not so much Bob Hope, I think, Bob Hope, well, he just kind of yeah. lost his mind. At the end. Yeah, you see? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm 100. But yeah, uh, he was super old. Yeah, yeah. With his, his weird, jiggly red eyes. Yeah, I look like I'm bowling my bino. Yeah. Um, but. You know, or, or guys that get angry, or guys yeah, that lose yeah. it. But these guys have had incredible careers for 40 years, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they're going to stop is if they want to. Right. They're at right. the top of their game still. They're producing one of the best comedies on television in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there with Cheers. It's up there with, you know, all of the best comedies, the New Heart Show, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, you put this in the in the... In the category of the best yeah and the fact that these two guys having been through so much having so much success so much money so much whatever they could walk away they could do they could coast their way through yeah yeah but no they're still creating groundbreaking hilarious smart new stuff yeah and I hope that they do it for another 20 years. I, I want there to be 10 seasons of Only Murders in the Building, if not more. The two darkest days for me coming up are when I lose Harrison yeah, and when I lose Steve. Yeah, yeah. And because those are my two absolute favorite guys yeah. in the world. And they are both doing such good work right now. Yes! Such good work. Such good work. I mean, Harrison Ford in 1923 with Helen Mirren is impeccable. And conversely, in shrinking, he's hilarious yeah, and yeah. vulnerable and going through Parkinson's. It's just, you know. Yeah. Again, another one of those where he can say nothing and there's so much going on. Again. Yeah. That's yeah. why I would love to see the uh, this, you know, Steve, don't retire yet. Do something with, please, for me. I know. Your I know. biggest fan. If he, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if this ends up being his, his swan song, then. What a way to go oh, out. Exactly. You're going out going on top. Going out on top. Going out on top. But look, Harrison, but we want to see more. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Harrison Ford, I'm talking to you. Steve Martin, I'm talking to you. I have loved you guys since the beginning. 
I've watched everything. Ford, I watched your crappy Hanover Street, okay? All right, Steve, you know, I sat through Grand Canyon. <laughs> I've done my work. Please come together and make me a movie yeah. together. You never make know. Make my dreams come true. You never know. You never know. I got to write it, I guess. Uh, all right. We'll be back next week. We're going to do a stepdad show. Talk about our personal experiences oh, with yeah. Steve Martin and Martin Short and their various things. Yeah. I will be telling the story about the jerk that shaped my life in a weird way. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, just yeah, growing up with these guys. And especially for me, how it changed my approach to humor and yeah. writing and all sorts of stuff and how it made me, uh, especially Martin Short, Steve Martin made me love stand-up comedy and mm-hmm. get into stand-up comedy. And Martin Short made me love sketch and improv and get into sketch and improv. Yeah. So I owe those guys a lot. Yeah. We'll uh, see you next week. Yep. What? <coughs> 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 It's my warm-up. Really? Yeah. 110 episodes and you finally do a warm-up? I needed it today. Yeah. Okay, here we go. It's going to be such a good show because of my warms-ups. All right. Welcome to the Gen X Show! Files show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Warm-up worked. I've got dimensions. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Dallas, already in progress.